It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast. I had the incredible experience of going to this year's annual CrimeCon, which was held in Orlando, Florida. It was an honor to be able to meet with law enforcement, advocates, and survivors, and to hear their stories. I also had the privilege of speaking with world-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Bodden on the main stage, where he provided his analysis on several high-profile cases and autopsies. If you haven't done so already, be sure to check out Tuesday's episode of the True Crime Podcast to hear my full conversation with Dr. Bodden. At the end of our talk, audience members were able to ask Dr. Bodden the questions that were on their minds. So please enjoy our Q&A session straight from CrimeCon. We'll now open it up for questions to the doctor or myself, if you guys have any, with our remaining few minutes here. I have two questions, actually, if you don't mind. The first one is, um, as a forensic pathologist, have you ever changed your determination after being provided with um, additional information, you know, maybe years later? Yes, uh, from time to time, yes. In fact, when I was chief medical examiner, I got uh, a family came in. Now, this is 1970s that their father uh, was a fireman in New York City, uh, was uh, diagnosed when he died after a fire in, uh, in New York City as uh, that the, the death was not fire-related. Uh, and, uh, and they were concerned because they, they had grown up thinking that the fa- that father had died in a fire and um, uh, was, uh, uh, but the, that, and he died because of the fire. And they brought in all the paperwork and went by, and um, it, it turned out that uh, he did die because of the fire. I changed that death certificate, uh, and uh, they put his name up on the uh, firewall in uh, New York City, and uh, that a mistake had been made. We, we have. Uh, other kind, another fire death, just uh, uh, where the person died of carbon monoxide poisoning and it was, uh, uh, somebody was arrested years before and when we reviewed it, the the carb decided, determined that the carbon monoxide that caused the death wasn't caused by the individual but by a faulty refrigerator that was, uh, that permitted a change in the, but uh, yes, from time to time, uh, uh, autopsy findings are uh, changed. No, our diagnoses are not written in stone. When a medical examiner makes a diagnosis, uh, he or she can change it if more information comes in that wasn't known at the time. Got it. Oh, I'll let them go. Uh, yes, sir. My name is Patrick Kennedy. Um, I understand that you you had done the autopsy on RFK, and uh, I know there was some speculation that of your findings on where the bullets had entered that body. 
No, uh, uh, Tom Noguchi, Dr. Noguchi did the autopsy. He was the chief medical. See, uh, Los Angeles, then and now, has this uniquely coroner medical examiner. They, they have the old and the name, name for it. Quincy, the older guys like me would remember Quincy, was uh, the uh, medical examiner who did the autopsies and found out all the good things. And the coroner was a lawyer. And they worked together, the coroner and the lawyer. So that uh, uh, he did the autopsy. And at the time when RFK was shot, uh, the, the cause of death was attributed to Saran Saran. Saran, uh, yes, sir. And uh, who uh, was uh, in the area. Subsequently, this issue's been, uh, um, been raised, and for, as I understand it, I'm in New York City, but from Dr. Noguchi, as to the, the, the spread of the um, gunshot powder that came out of the muzzle of the gun would indicate that the, the gun was within a few inches of RFK, not JFK, RFK's head uh, where he was shot, and therefore Saran Saran, who was further away, couldn't have done it, and the issue came up that the Secret Service guy uh, so, uh, uh, the Secret Service man behind him accidentally discharged the gun, and it wasn't Sirhan Sirhan. Uh, I'm out of that, and looking at it, I think that the Noguchi originally, it gets more complicated. Noguchi, Tom Noguchi, still alive and well in Los Angeles, but retired, uh, had initially said that uh, the cause of that uh, uh, was consistent with Saran Saran. Later on, I read, may have changed his mind and thought that maybe uh, he was too far away for the, the, the spread of the powder and therefore uh, might have been somebody else. So that may be a little confusing, but that's not my confusion. All right, thank you. I'm back. Um, from my understanding, when an autopsy is done, uh, this is for you, Dr. Bodden. Usually they have a police officer or detective in the autopsy suite with the uh, forensic pathologist. How do you feel about that, and do you feel there's a risk that the medical examiner would be influenced with the detective in that autopsy suite? That, that's a, a very good uh, question that is uh, the cognitive information that a medical examiner, that all of us get, you know, from, but especially a medical examiner. I have the tradition in New York City, I was worked 25 years in New York City, medical examiner's office, became chief medical examiner. But uh, police would always come to a homicide for two reasons. One, to give information to the medical examiner, what they knew at the time, for us to take into consideration, like there might have been uh, drugs, uh, certain kind of drugs, we ask for additional toxicology, or we might do additional incisions into the extremities if we thought that uh, the history indicated a, uh, uh, some kind of a, a struggle, a physical struggle. 
so, the, uh, and yes, the uh, police officers, uh, not necessarily, the sometimes detectives too, would come down. They want to know what our information is. The most important thing they'd want to know right away, because they knew it was a shooting, that's why they're there. I, I was telling them that he died of gunshot wounds isn't going to help him any. But he, the most thing they want to know is how long was he dead before the police arrived. So that's, that's how they start off their investigation as to the people who might have been there at the time. And we give them that information uh, from the scene, rigor mortis, lividity, not 24 hours later. Sometimes they, they, this is given 24 hours later, but when the body is moved from the scene, goes into overnight storage, uh, everything changes. It's got to be done at the scene. And that's where we always used to go. The person doing the autopsy would, had gone the day before to the scene to get that information. Stomach contents tell you that. And so it was a mutual, the mutual exchange of information. We were always advised and by uh, Milton Helpern, who was the chief medical examiner I started, and others, uh, whatever they say to you would be the same thing as what the family says and that the defense attorney says. Defense attorneys don't often come to tell us anything because they think we were, we're part of the police team, which, which sometimes is true, but it shouldn't be true. And that, um, uh, so that the presence of the uh, police officer scene, I think, is useful. However, that should not drive the medical examiner's point of view. And that's what the issue is, that often, that the, the, we see the police at all, the same police at the homicides. They're our friends. Uh, in other places, in Colorado, that they go hunting together and, uh, and uh, things. And we know all the good things that the police do, but we can't, the information that we uh, get from them should not make us uh, make decisions that aren't scientific based on the science of the autopsy uh, and the findings of the autopsy. And that's a real problem because there, and this is a split in the National Association of Medical Examiners, how friendly should the medical examiners be with the police as to determining the cause of death. And very often there are many places around the country where the uh, medical examiner, the police, and the prosecutor feel they're all part of a team that works together to get the bad guys. Very often that's true, but that should not also lead to the arrest of a good guy because the medical examiner's findings are persuaded that the police are right even though it doesn't look like uh, uh, the, the medical evidence uh, goes along with it. We're going to take a quick break more from our guest after this. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Thank you for taking my question. Mine's a very basic question just about death certificates. My husband uh, died from idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. That was his disease. But on his death certificate, they declared that his death was from sepsis, which was a complication due to the disease. Uh, so my I didn't question. Hear the last part of it. The death certificate said what? 
his death was from sepsis. As he went into the hospital, um, of course, when you're, uh, he was a lung transplant recipient, so you receive, when you receive the medications so you don't reject, you uh, get all of these other complications, cancer, kidney failure, et cetera, et cetera. My question being, he went in with something and developed sepsis. So why on the death certificate did they not put he died from idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis rather than sepsis so that it helps when you can get more funding for these diseases that need funding and um, more recognition rather than just a simple diagnosis of sepsis? Well, uh, you bring up an important uh, question as to how, and this is, a, we're talking about a natural death, and uh, this is uh, a problem that the different ways of addressing a death certificate. Uh, the traditional death certificate, a natural death certificate, uh, might start off uh, the, the immediate cause of death is sepsis. Sepsis due to pneumonia, due to metastatic cancer uh, might all be combined, but oftentimes sepsis or infection, some kind of infection that involves the uh, uh, bloodstream, can come up with um, uh, any, uh, anybody in a hospital, number one, because they have ba bacterial bulb, bu uh, uh, bugs all around, and pneumonia is, a, is a, not an uncommon a way for people who are ill from other diseases to die, sepsis, especially if there's surgery, because the surgery can also cause its own invasion of uh, bugs in the body. And a, a more complete sepsis should not by itself stand by itself. Sepsis should be sepsis due to idiopathic, uh, due to uh, pulmonary, pulmonary transplant surgery, due to idiopathic uh, pulmonary fibrosis would be a more complete uh, kind of death certification for your, uh, in that situation. Uh, sepsis alone, like cardiac arrest uh, or pneumonia can't stand by itself on a death certificate. It has to be pneumonia from what, cardiac arrest from what, or sepsis from what. So I think that you raise an important thing that Oftentimes, death certificates are made out so that the classification of uh, uh, cause of death is not fully uh, accurate for the whole nation, because lots of things get the wrong kind of class, uh, cause of death. Dr. Michael Bodden, thank you so much. Truly world-renowned forensic pathologist, medical examiner. We're so grateful, so thank grateful Thank you all you. very much. To hear more stories like this, you can listen to our past episodes on the Fox True Crime Podcast. Go to foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts to listen and subscribe. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. If you have a story or topic you want to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at truecrimepodcast at fox.com. 
Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.